riverreporter.com. And from listener donations at wjffradio.org. Welcome to the local edition news and information keeping you connected in the Catskills, Northeast Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Jason Dole. Coming up, we'll go over the latest in Liberty as we sit down in studio with the Town of Liberty Supervisor, Frank DeMeo. He was here earlier in the day, and we covered a lot of ground, kind of picking up where we left off last March when we first spoke to Frank on air. That's coming up in the second half of the program. First, we're going to be going to the phones live for our weekly Wayne County check-in. Federal Communication Commission, also known as the FCC, their broadband access map shows all broadband serviceable locations across the United States where fixed broadband internet access service is or can be installed. Wayne County residents are being urged to visit the map to search for their home address to determine whether the information listed by the FCC is accurate. Sullivan County is asking its residents to do the same thing, by the way, but on the phone now to tell us how uh, you can access the map. It's Dennis Ford from the Wayne County Information Technology Department. Dennis, I want to thank you so much for joining us this evening. Welcome to the program. Well, thanks for having me, Jason. So uh, I, I gave a real quick talking about the FCC broadband access map. Can, can you explain basically what what it is and why it is important? Well, as everybody knows, uh, you know, you know, broadband is important for telehealth, you know, telecomforting, you know, other, you know, communication needs. But what the FCC and their provider, not providers such as AT and T, your cable company, your internet providers, they tell uh, the FCC that they service your homes, and there's a lot of people know that they can't get um, cable internet or you know any kind of broadband or fiber internet in any way. So, but they say that they can, and your home is all of Wayne County is listed as 100% served, and we all know that that's not true. So, what we want to ask people to do is to go to the FCC map and challenge that. Uh, if you have, and there's two different sections. One is for your broadband for your fast internet. So, they some of the maps show that say Verizon will feed your home with DSL. Well, DSL doesn't really qualify as broadband today because it's much too slow. It has to be 25 meg uh, download minimum. So uh, there's a lot of places that we know that that's not capable. And what we want people to do is put in their home address and go in there. And, you know, if you see a company that says they serve you, but you know they don't, challenge it. You know, to yeah. Say, yeah, it's it's not served here, and there's another portion in there for your cell phone coverage. So if you if you got to stand on one leg or a certain part of your house, well, that's not really covered. You know, right. so you want to also challenge that so you can have a realistic, you know, uh, an accurate count of what people have or don't have, and we give that to the FCC. And why it's important is FCC and the federal government will give us uh, infrastructure funding to help ease the implementation of broadband and getting it to all the people who don't have it or don't have it fast enough. 
So that's what was, it's very important if we can get as many citizens as possible. Not everybody will be able to navigate this, but what we want to show the FCC is we've got big holes here and we're not 100% covered. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just in my conversation with you right now that I'm getting an idea of, you know, how it is that there's a misrepresentation of how people are covered. I just thought it might be, you know, uh, big bureau, big bureaucracy, big governmental bureaucracy, you know, uh, oversight dropping the ball in some way. But it's also because they're being informed by the various private companies that uh, report on Correct. this. And that's that's a whole other ball game because I think any of us that have dealt with the various cable companies and other and, and uh, telecommunication companies that keep us connected know that, um, you know, it, it, what they tell us as customers isn't always accurate. So goodness knows what they're telling the that's FCC. Correct. So this is a, essentially a correcting the government's notion of what kind of service we have. We've been talking on air here since this show started, since before this show started about how connectivity is a major issue in rural areas on both sides of the river in our listening area. Broadband connection is something that both Wayne and Sullivan County He's invested a lot of time and effort into finding a solution for the last couple of years. And now here we are looking at this map that says we're covered when we aren't. And you want people to uh, give feedback to the FCC to correct that notion, potentially to the benefit of our area, uh, to get funds from the government. And is is there, uh, to add another uh, level of seriousness to this, is there a deadline for this? There is, which is just next week, January uh, 13th. Next week. And it's a very short time. And you know, trying to understand how, why the federal government would give such a short period, um, you know, we at the courthouse, in the, you know, government, we want to try and do bulk uploads, but there just simply isn't enough time. We were actually going to uh, enlist our um, tax assessors who are on foot in the community every day or other people, you know, it could be anybody that can give us information, but it's just not enough time. So that's what we're trying to reach out to the community itself. And as you know, you know, as we get closer to the Delaware River, we have, you know, a, a gap there. But that's, you know, beyond the conversation here. But it, what we do have is if we can improve the coverage on both sides of the river, it benefits everyone on both sides. So how do people see the map? And if what they're seeing there is not accurate for where they live, how do they register a challenge? Well, what they got to do is go to uh, the the hyperlink is kind of long for yes. FCC's broadband, you know. So I would suggest go to your favorite search engine and pull up the FCC broadband map, and it's pretty straightforward. We also have it on our courthouse homepage, WayneCountyPA.gov, and you can launch the hyperlinks from there. And we have some uh, more information. You know, you can learn more about it. Uh, there's a lot of coverage with this. There's a lot of communities across the entire country. You know, if you get in Google or, or your favorite search engine, you're going to find a lot of results. But uh, you can get it from directly from our WayneCountyPA.gov website. That'll get you launched, at least where you can get things going. Okay. And, um, you know, and when people do see the broadband map, you, you're, you're right. It is a long uh, thing, but, you know, it, it will say .fcc.gov. Uh, on there, so you know you know it's legit, and that's that's the right. one to be looking at. Yeah, that's we put that on our government website, and it's it's vetted, and we know it, you know it's legit. So, yeah, so that's what we give that place for a launch pad. I give people the Wayne County website one more time because I, I never remember it offhand. Yep, <laughs> it's quite straightforward. Of course, it's Wayne County PA. WayneCountyPA.gov. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, is all of this different from the Accelerate Wayne project? 
uh, from last year that also asked about cell service? Well, it's related. We've uh, we've had a technology committee in Wayne County for quite a few years, about ten years now, uh, give or take. Um, with involved with the commissioners, uh, county commissioners, um, economic development, and other professional professionals in the area that work with us. So yes, this has been on the table for a very long time. Actually, we've been working diligently for quite a while, working with um, anybody we can. We've got different funding from different sources over the years, and we've actually helped improve some areas. But this is a whole different ball game because we have, you know, the FC, you know, the federal yeah. you know, contributions to help get some stuff together. Right, right. This is this is bigger, bigger picture, and uh, again, potentially more funds that translate into people yeah. actually being able to connect. And if there's one thing we really learned last couple of years is how crucial those connections are, uh, not just for for business, but for our daily lives, our health, our well being, our education, all that stuff. So um, again, and again, just to let listeners know, if you're listening to this right now and you're in Sullivan County, Sullivan County officials are asking folks to do the same thing: to look up this broadband map, see where you live, see if they're saying that you have connectivity, and if not, uh, to issue a challenge. And again, the deadline is January thirteenth. That's coming up next week. Um, any final thoughts for folks, Dennis? Um, well, I'd like to see everybody kind of benefit from this. It's uh, it's so important, and it is such a, a critical point. Before COVID, you know, we were working on this, and it was important then. But since COVID, it's kind of really brought to the surface yeah. that actually, you know the real importance of everything. You know, people need to work, and they need to to live, and they need their health, and they need to be informed. And this is the new way we need to communicate, and we don't have full coverage. And we really do need to be informed. And and especially for rural areas, because we know that, like, some, sometimes exactly. getting through a winter or other, you know, natural yeah. disasters in the area, it's all about who are you connected to? Who who can you talk to? Who can you reach out to? And this is a major part of that. Right. There's one last thing I think I should throw in here. I think that sometimes we run into people who have such poor coverage that they can't really run these this map. Mm-hmm. So if they could, they don't have to be at their home to put in their address. They can be at another computer and put in their address and do the challenge there and just want to make sure people are aware of that, that they don't have to be home where they don't have internet. You know, they can go to somewhere where they could potentially have internet and put the challenge in there to state that they need it at their home. Well, that's a great point. Dennis, I want to thank you so much for going uh, over all of this and, and, um, and best of luck to all of us with this federation, federal yeah. FCC broadband access map. Uh, we've been talking to Dennis Ford, Wayne County Information Technology Department. Thank you so much, Dennis. Thank you for having me. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll check in on the latest that's going on in the town of Liberty. Do stay with us. You're listening to The Local Edition, winner of two Excellence in Broadcasting Awards from the New York State Broadcasters Association. Radio Catskill. Listen local. On this week's On the Media, we go in search of answers to questions about the economy, like if employment numbers are good, but people feel like we're in a recession. Are we? Brooke, you've used the word recession 8 million times in this interview. This is how the media contributes to the vibe that we're in a recession or could be going into it. The economy. It's all about the vibes on this week's On the Media from WNYC. 
Welcome back to the local edition, and right now... I know not what cost others may take, but as for me, give me liberty! Yes, for one more time, even in 2023, it's Give Me Liberty, a segment where we're getting to know the folks in Liberty, the things that are happening, and we're kind of doing a bookend to the first ever Give Me Liberty segment from last year as we say goodbye to 2022 and continue to look ahead to the year that we're in right now, 2023. Joining us in the studio live, Town Supervisor for Liberty, it's Frank DeMeo. Frank, thanks for coming into the studio. Thank you, Jason. Much appreciated. Uh, the, the, the studios look great, and... Yay for Radio Catskill. All right. And we've also got uh, Nick Rusin, uh, Confidential Secretary, Town Supervisor. Nick, thank you for coming as well. Hello, everyone. <laughs> so, uh, you know, this is a conversation we were going to try to have before New Year, but it's the same It's the same idea. This is what we were saying. Hey, look, let, we, we were talking about a lot of things that are happening in Liberty in 2022, and figured this is a good time to check in and say, okay, well, what else happened since we last talked to you, and, and now what do you got on the horizon uh, looking at the, the year ahead? So I guess we'll start there with uh, since we last talked, you know, we talked about a lot of things that were coming down the line in Parksville and uh, out in Swan Lake Way. So uh, what what ended up happening in 2022? Well, let's see. Uh, this could take some time, but we'll we'll try to give you we'll try to yeah. get it all together in a shorter amount of time. Uh, there's um, there's a, still a lot of activity in Parksville. I mean, uh, I think now about 60 percent of the buildings have changed hands. In fact, we just met with somebody the other day who purchased the uh, old Methodist Church, and they're looking to do some work in there. Uh, Nick has, has applied for a, uh, a grant, uh, Restore New York grant for three buildings in Parksville. We're hoping to hear about that very soon to see whether or not we were awarded that. One of the buildings that's included in that is the old pharmacy on the corner of Main and Short Street, which is, you know, kind of a, a landmark building there that we, we're really hoping we can do something with. And we're still, uh, looking to acquire the, the vacant property that will eventually, uh, hopefully become Michelle Park. Uh, which is a public space uh, for people to share. We have so far discussed the possibility of four festivals in Parksville. Uh, we'll start in May with a Cinco de Mayo festival, followed up by the second annual Bacock Festival, probably in August. And uh, which, is, which is chicken oriented. Chicken oriented. Yes. Yep. And and uh, the uh, the group, the Parksville Priority folks, are really excited about these. Events will uh, look to have another, the third annual Halloween parade. And then uh, somebody has proposed for September a, a dumpling festival. Uh, so, uh, and apparently September is, you know, international dumpling month. So uh, that might be something cool. And uh, we're getting a lot of uh, feedback that folks are looking to do, uh, you know, it's, it's predominantly music, arts related and, uh, and food. Uh, so. I just saw somebody post something on Facebook. It's probably one of those junk clickbait sort of articles or something that somebody put somewhere on the internet to get a little bit of attention. And it said something basically like, you know, Parksville, you know, it's amazing ghost town. Yeah. You know, well, and it's like that, that sounds pretty busy for go, like you're going to wake the ghosts up. Yeah. Yeah. We're waking the ghosts up. <laughs> we, we started waking them up two years ago yeah. and it's just, it's really exciting what's going on then. And these people are just so enthusiastic and energetic and they're just a, it's a great group of folks to work with, and uh, we're just thrilled, and we're just going to keep moving forward. That's uh, 
that's our goal there. And, uh, you know, and, you know, just a reminder to the listener too, because we just came out of the holidays. The last time that I saw you in person, last time the listener might have heard you was, uh, for the unveiling of the, the big menorah yeah. there at the head of the, the rail trail. Yeah. And that was Parks a Hill. great, that was a neat event. I, I, about a lot of people 50 people, out. 50 yeah. people showed up and, uh, it was a good showing. Hope, hope, uh, Blecker did an amazing job in, in putting this whole thing together. She had a lot of assistance from Nick. Nick helped out with some of the some of the placement of that and and building the the, the stone wall beneath it. And it was uh, it was really a a neat thing. And you know we plan on just carrying on that tradition uh, every year. Uh, so you got and and you know I think one of the things that's coming out of that and it's not just a list of you know things things that you're doing things that you're trying to do but it's also a list of willing partners. Yeah, oh, you know, there's that's... a lot of people trying to make these things happen. That it's not just the town, it's not just a, a couple people in the hamlet. It's like a lot of different people and entities coming together to make this stuff happen. Oh yeah, and that, and that's that's the beauty of this. It it is really those folks. Um, you know, the town. We, we can do things like, you know, schedule closing of the street for festivals and things like that. But th- it's, it's really the folks, uh, in the community, in the Parksville community that are making this happen. They come up with the ideas. Uh, you know, we just, we just sort of try to help to facilitate things, but they take over and they're, they're the organizers. They're an awesome group of people. And how about, uh, Swan Lake, another Liberty Hamlet? Swan Lake, uh, Swan Lake, well, we're, we're anticipating, uh, we hope to break ground on the sewer plant. Uh, that's the big, uh, the big thing going on in Swan Lake right now. Uh, we hope either by the end of this year, 2023 or early 2024 to break ground on that. Uh, we did receive additional funding uh, for that. It's up to, uh, I think it's, uh, probably about 11 to 12 million dollars now that we've received mm-hmm. in, uh, in grant funding plus the zero interest loan. So, we're hoping to get that project in order so that we don't have to have rate increases to, to in order to bring this to fruition. But it's been a long time coming, and what that will help do is is open up uh, you know some additional development. We're anticipating. Uh, we've been talking to quite a few developers who are interested in in uh, in building in in Swan Lake. Um, we have we have some homework to do on the corner of Stanton Corners Road and and Route 55. Because it's a funky little corner there that we have to deal with for safety concerns. Because in addition to uh, proposed development in in Liberty, there's also uh, quite a bit of development that is taking place in Bethel, just on the other side of the Liberty border. So, uh, and we would anticipate that those folks are going to congregate in in and around the the Stanton Corners uh, little main street there. So we're gonna we're gonna start to focus a little bit more on on. Uh, Making it more safe in that area, providing some more conveniences and, and especially dealing with parking in there because, uh, during the summer months, it gets pretty crowded down there. So, uh, I, that was the next thing I was going to say. Literally during the summer months, it, that's a busy, it's yeah. a, it's a weird intersection anyway. People come from Liberty going to Bethel, uh, or, you know, shooting out, uh, the other way coming, coming from, uh, Monticello way or, mm-hmm. you know, Harris Bushville, something like that. And, and it's, that's, that's enough. When it's a, a sleepy Sullivan County, you know, uh, January. Yeah. And but then, in, in July, it's in July jumping. and then toss in an event at Bethel Woods because a lot of folks yeah. travel to Bethel Woods through there. So we're going to, we're, we're going to start to work with the DOT. I'm, I'm hoping we get some, uh, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll talk with, uh, Assemblywoman Gunther and, and, uh, we'll see, we'll see what, uh, what assistance we can get from them to get something moving forward. I realize these things 
take a long, long time, but you have to start somewhere. And, uh, you know, some years back we had Barton and the Judas do a sort of a, uh, a thumbnail sketch of what they thought it could be, but we gotta, we gotta mature this along and, and, and get, get something going there to create a safer environment, especially for the, for the pedestrians. So, All right. So, um, so that's, that, that's two of the hamlets. Uh, how about anything like in the village or the, or the other hamlets? Well, uh, at Ferndale, we have, uh, we're still working, um, with a developer up at the, uh, up on Old 17. Uh, going towards Harris. Uh, again, that has been our commercial industrial zone for upwards of 15 years now. And, uh, the, the, we have advanced, uh, the one property forward to where there is conditional approval through the planning board for a million square foot warehouse or up to a million square foot warehouse. And now we're, uh, we're working with the state to try to get some funding for, um, uh, for it to bring the infrastructure up there. We need to bring, uh, sewer lines, water lines, we already have an agreement with the village uh, for sewer capacity, so uh, to make it truly a truly shovel-ready site. That that that's always been the goal, and I work very closely with Mark Baez at the uh, at the uh, partnership, and uh, we're we're really pushing now, along with our partners Delaware Engineering, uh, to to get something going in there. And generally speaking, we all, we're also work, working with Delaware Engineering on comprehensive uh, a comprehensive water and sewer study. Uh, they're, they're doing a study for the entire town, including the village, so that we could see, okay, what is the best avenue for us to get additional water and, uh, sewer, sewer distribution predominantly, because like everywhere else in the country, infrastructure is crumbling and we're no different here in, in Liberty. So we're working to, uh, uh, to get that study done so that we can go out and get funding and, and upgrade our, uh, our infrastructure. Yeah, that, that project in, in Ferndale, that's actually what I was thinking of when I was asking about Swan Lake, because I'm kind of just going by memory here. Yeah, yeah. And that, I was like, I do there's something out that way. But yeah, that's, and that's hammer. really exciting because, yeah. I, you know, at least from, from the planning perspective years ago, when Mark and I started talking about this, you know, it, it was more than just liberty. I mean, obviously, we'd love the rateable. We'd love to be able to provide the jobs. But I think what it does, that whole corridor – uh, back in 2018, I think it was, uh, uh, the board was, the town board was working with the partnership and the town of Thompson. And they put together a plan for that whole corridor from, from, uh, Ferndale exit 102 all the way to, uh, Thompson exit 104 on old 17, uh, for commercial industrial endeavors. And I think, you know, that benefits the entire county because then, you know, commercial industrial, whether they go to Thompson or, or, or Liberty, at least it, it, it'll be concentrated in one area, one area where it's close to the highway, won't, uh, you know, it doesn't really interfere with, uh, substantial residential development. So, you know, maybe the commercial industrial, uh, endeavors will not try to venture out into other areas where it's not as, as feasible, you know, because I know there's been some controversy in Rock Hill. You know, with that project there, you know, if, if we can if we can focus on that corridor, then they won't bother our other areas of the county. You know, so uh, that's we're, we're, we're kind of excited about that, that that project we anticipate to uh, continue to move forward. And we're working with the state because the state is looking for sites, shovel ready sites for things like uh, warehousing and distribution centers and things of that nature. So uh, we've had a couple of interested uh, parties. The, the folks are out there working to uh, entice people to come along. So that's. That's uh, what's going on in Ferndale. And then the village, um, we've been working closely with the village, and, and uh, we're really trying to get things moving. We had 
uh, a substantial change in ownership in some key buildings in the downtown. And uh, this owner is proposing to fix these buildings up, one of them being the green building, which is uh, on the corner of Chestnut and Main. And that's, you know, sort of like a, you know, the most visible building. Yeah. Uh, you know, so uh, the owner is looking to do lots of work there. Nick is uh, is working with the owner right now to apply for a Restore New York grant to help them out. Um, so there's there's that. We're also working on Creekside Park. We're doing a lot of work with Renaissance in the village. Um, we did receive an award. Uh, it was a technical assistance award. So we got some work done by Delaware Engineering. And then we were awarded um, the Silver Feather uh, $50,000 to start work on the collapsed culvert, which is over by the Star Bar, uh, School Street. Um, you know, and that, that collapsed quite some time, 15 years ago or so. So we're looking to clean that area up and just, you know, chip away at that whole Creekside Park, uh, idea. And then eventually, you know, we'd like to follow through on the plans that were done by Cornell back in 2005. Is that that other strip of park that's kind of almost like behind where like the gazebo park and everything is? It's, it's out, out yes. back there over towards where Star Bar is. A yeah. Road. Pretty much from like the elementary school down to school street. And then it actually continues, uh, you know, up by the Elks and then goes by Jeff Bank. That whole, that whole, uh, there's there's culverts underneath some of the some of the roads and the buildings. The idea years ago, Cornell came and did a study and and some plans to open some of that up uh, for multiple reasons. One for aesthetics and create a nice lineal park by the the municipal parking. But it also uh, you know these culverts can can clog up in the event of big big storms. Yeah. You know if if you have an open system that's you know that's easier to access and clean up if debris gets in there and starts to clog up so from from a, a hazard mitigation standpoint for flooding uh you know that that certainly will be advantageous to uh, avoid that type of uh type of event so um so and then uh we we we're, uh, we're putting together we just started last month we're putting together a group we don't know what we're going to call them yet. It's, it's we're looking to do it something akin to what Liberty Alive used to be back in the early two thousands. Uh, early two thousand, um, we're thinking about calling it Liberty Rising, which is uh, the sign that's on um, on the future Bridge and Tunnel Brewery. Uh, we just thought that was really a cool uh, cool name, Liberty Rising. So we're looking to put together a group. Uh, we had one meeting last month. Uh, Starting to put together plans for uh, for certain events uh, throughout the year, and then uh, you know hopefully we can do some you know just continue to do more uh, street side improvements and and things like that. And you know this will be a volunteer organization. I'm speaking more as a volunteer as opposed to a supervisor with this group because it'll be a volunteer group. But um, you know one of the reasons I'm I'm in this position and I ran for this position back in 2003 was because I saw the need for government to uh, engage with volunteer groups to help with things like grant funding and, and, and things that the government can assist with that maybe the volunteer organizations don't have access to. So, uh, you know, I'm staying engaged with the volunteer groups just really from a facilitation standpoint. Nick and I help to facilitate these groups, and then we look for them to take over, much like Parksville Priorities did. So we're starting to focus a little bit more on the village now. So. The, and the website 
is uh, townofliberty.org. So there's information there and resources yes. on what you got going on. Believe it or not, we've already we've talked for uh, over 16 <laughs> minutes now. So that's a, just about our time. Uh, we so we covered a lot of ground. Uh, is there anything else that you want folks to know about the the year ahead in Liberty? Whether it's any specific events that are already on the calendar or just the general gist of where things are heading. Well, we're you know we're certainly looking to resurrect the July 4th uh, celebration in in uh, in on Main Street on Main Street in Liberty uh, with vendors and and other events. Uh, you know, so we're hoping that 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 will that is a focus right now to try to get something going on that because with the pandemic and all, we kind of lost that time. So now it's time to bring it all back. I just there's a lot of buzz in Liberty right now, and and you know we're just. We really just want to keep the momentum going. We don't want it to stop. There's, there's continuity right now in some of these projects that, you know, were, were started, you know, some time ago. So, uh, we just want to keep that going. And, and that's, uh, that's the really exciting thing. There's just a buzz out there. Um, a, <laughs> a lot of really good partners, a lot of good people we're working with. And, uh, it's, it's really positive. All right. We've been talking to Frank DeMeo, Town Supervisor, Nick Rusin, Confidential Secretary to the Supervisor, joining us in our studios here in Liberty, New York, talking about the year to come in Liberty. Frank, Nick, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you, Jason. Much appreciated. Thank you. And Happy New Year to everyone. Well, that's going to do it for the local edition tonight. Do come back tomorrow. We'll do it all over again. Patricio Romayo will be in. He'll be your host. I'm Jason Dole. I want to thank you again for listening. Stay tuned. Coming up next, Ramble Tamble with John Gordon, right here on Radio Catskill. Support for Radio Catskill comes from the Women's Health Center in Honesdale, Hamlin, Waymart, Carbondale, and Lords Valley in Pennsylvania. Physicians and certified midwives who deliver. The Women's Health Center is a Wayne Memorial Community Health Center. WMH.org. From Rourke Law, Liberty, New York, a general law practice serving the Catskills and Delaware River Valley, with an emphasis on estate planning, estate administration, elder law, and real property matters. RourkeLaw.com. You're listening to Radio Catskill. WJFF Jeffersonville. W233AH Monticello.